In this episode, we go over transfer news and countless disappointing results. You're listening to Here at the Riot, a Real Salt Lake soccer podcast. Guys, this is Dax here. And this is Josh. <laughs> Welcome back. <laughs> Welcome back. You caught me off guard. I thought I thought you were gonna go with our name. Oh you know. Here at the Riot, the name of the podcast? Yeah, and then you you were just like, What's up? This is Dax and I was like Oh, that's my cue. <laughs> I gotta go. I gotta go. My time is now. Well, this yep. is this is here at the riot. Just in case you guys were wondering. At this point, um, you're quite a few episodes in, so. Hopefully, you know the know. name of the, the thing, the th- yeah. the thing that it that is that which we do is the thing. Yep. Well. We have been gone for quite a while. <laughs> yes, I know you guys are out there itching for more content and stuff like that. And we're tr- we're trying to give it to you, but we went on vacation cuz it's summer and that's what normal people do. You went on two vacations actually. I did go on two vacations. Back to back, which that's Wow, living the life. Yeah, okay. Here's here's, um, some advice. Never go on two separate vacations back to back. (laughs) Oh, so it was not good. Like, the vacations were good. Like, they were were fine. But there was just something about, you know, you get home from one, and then, like, we got home from one, and then immediately went to another one and it was like oh we're doing this again yeah so i think like very very candid about everything you can say like that you came up to visit me (laughs) well i was going to you just sit you're just like oh you were on two vacations and i'm like yes yeah i was yeah so i i went up with a bunch of friends to visit josh in alaska the last frontier which <laughs> it honestly it really is there were you know very the wilderness must be explored you guys weren't prepared for how wet it was going to be it was so i, wet. I tried to warn you but i wasn't clear enough i guess <laughs> so it was it was very wet and we were very unprepared um and we missed the perfect opportunity to do an episode in person but true we talked about it but we it we were jam-packed it was it was fine we had too much stuff to do anyway and we were with a bunch of friends so we weren't gonna be like uh just you know chill here for two hours while we record our podcast and everyone be quiet yeah everyone be quiet in this room and shut the door (laughs) like (laughs) so but we went up there. It was lots of fun, and then me and my wife went to um, 
San Francisco, which is also very cold. Um, yeah, Sitka, Sitka was um, cold and rainy. San Francisco was cold and windy. And then we came back here and it was like 90 degrees. And I'm like, yes, finally, summer. Because yeah. it's warm. But also, cold for you is different than cold for most people. We need to mention this. Like, do we need to talk about your preferred thermostat temperature? What? It's, it's you're gonna make fun of me because my house is at seven at seventy two degrees right now. Oh, it's seventy two. That's. I uh, thought it was seventy five plus. Olivia won't let me keep it that hot. <laughs> uh, good. But that I would like to keep my house at seventy five. The line needs to be drawn somewhere, Dax. You can't just go out there. I mean, geez. I you're like not human, I think. You're part lizard or something. That's what everyone tells me. Yeah. So it must be true. I'm like I'm like the Dr. Connors in The Amazing Spider Man. Yep. I'm a lizard well, guy. Have you, heard the, have you heard the lizard people theory? No. Oh, well, okay. Never mind then. We don't have time for me to get into that. We don't have time for the lizard people theory because, and we don't have time for my vacations, really. They were all really fun. But we're here to talk about soccer. Yeah. The point is that we were busy and sorry for the long break, but we're back and we're going to be Sticking to a more regular schedule, recording Tuesdays. Yes, so we, we will try and record and release um, episodes on Tuesdays. Um, and if, we will, if we're going to miss that or the schedule is going to change for some reason, we will let you know the episode before. So hopefully you can, you know... Not wonder we're like, oh, did they, you know, did the did the the podcast die? No, this podcast will never die. <laughs> Josh and I will record until I mean, one of us is gonna die at some point, and then it'll probably die. Oh, let's be honest, you're probably gonna die before me. Oh, definitely. So I will continue the podcast on in your right. name. I'll just I'll just well, be some some dude in my eighties, yelling into a microphone about RSL. Oh boy, maybe Pitch. by then RSL will be like, you know, really good. Maybe Before by then. Powerhouse. Maybe maybe by then we won't even be on this planet. We'll be in Ooh, space. There you go podcast from space podcast from that's, space that's what you have to look forward to uh but we got sidetracked yet again mm-hmm. so so and also so yeah we'll we'll release episodes on tuesdays so expect those um and also if you're listening to us and it seems a little loud louder than normal it's because i've increased the audio so sorry if you weren't expecting that. We should have mentioned that like right at the beginning. Right at the beginning. Yeah. 
now by oh, now yeah. everyone's turned down their volume it's fine I mean, you're used not to increasing it. it that much like so three decibels yeah but, uh, but we're not gonna you know make someone deaf i don't i think sure that. hope not yeah me too we might make you deaf by what we say but we're not gonna make you deaf by how loud it is yeah well i think that's all the podcast news orders of business all the yeah. podcast orders of business let's get to soccer stuff now yeah so first things first uh and some of this happened a while ago we're gonna breeze through like the older news but we're still gonna mention it um so the R the all-star selections were released and surprise surprise not a single rsl player was selected <clears throat> it is yeah. what it is big sad think? um to be honest i don't remember who was selected for the all-star team <laughs> um but i mean do we like do we really think that someone on rsl really was like all-star material because I mean, I, I understand that RSL's doing, like, like very... They were, I mean, they were doing very well at that point. Um, but I don't think it was because they had, like, one standout player. I think the easiest argument you could have made was for Justin Glad. Yeah, he's the closest, but even there, I think you're right. I don't know that he's good enough to bump out like some of the other defenders. Here, let me look up the All-Stars real quick. The other thing is that the All-Star game is usually really light on defenders anyways. Uh-huh. Like, it's mostly attacking players. So, no, I I wasn't surprised. And I, some people were like, oh, snub. we were snubbed. And I'm like, mm. there were bigger snubs than any RSL players. Yeah. So. <laughs> it's like, let's see. Let's look at the defenders real quick because I don't... I mean, I know that Zimmerman was there. I know that Aaron Long was there. Yeah, in your like, just in like, terms you can't of put Glad over those. Uh -uh. There's no way. So you've got, um, yeah, Aaron Long's there. Um, Coach Isn't Callen's there from NYCFC. Maybe Walker Zimmerman. Um, DeAndre Yedlin. Oh, okay. The Yedlin one made me a little upset, but it's fine. Callens, <laughs> Araujo. Um. Yeah, Yedlin is surprising. Yeah. Not he gonna was lie. Like a, like a legacy selection, you know. Yeah. A bit of, it it has nepotism vibes where it's like, this is uh. <laughs> This is the CEO's son, so he is also here. Mm -hmm. So it looks like he was he was a coach's pick. Right. Um, yeah, some of the coach's picks were really bad. Uh, but anyways, we're not going to get too much into that. No. Because once I saw that no RSL players were selected, I was like, great. I don't give a crap. Mm -hmm. And Not going to watch it. I mean, yeah, like... You're gonna. It's. 
I don't think I don't think at this point any RSL players had had really a case. If uh, um, Demir Krylock was healthy and had a similar run to last season, I think he should have been there. And in fact, wasn't he? Wasn't he in the all? Yeah, he was there in the All Star selection. Yeah, um, last year. So I mean. That's really the only player that I can see, like... Savarino, I think, could have made it if he had been here all season. If Yeah, if, if he had been there the entire season, but he came halfway through, so... Yeah. Ne- next year, he'll probably get a shot. Yep. Um, I mean, he's going at a good clip right now. Yeah, he's but... he's doing very well, but... Yep. So, yeah, that happened. Uh, now we get to talk about such a fun topic. You ready for this? I'm so ready. David for this. Ochoa. David. David, David, David. The man or boy, the myth, <laughs> the legend. <laughs> uh, he posted something on his Instagram story. And if you're an RSL fan, you've already seen this. Okay, I, I'm I'm gonna roll that back. Um you'll you've probably seen it. It was yeah. all over most of the socials. I think it even got national uh, media coverage, like ESPN picked it up and everything. Uh, he basically put on his Instagram story that, yes, he's still an RSL player, but they won't allow him to train or play with the first team, and they won't let him leave. Mm-hmm. So it's just a weird situation all around. And Obviously, you know, there were probably mistakes made on both ends. Yeah. Um, but it's... I just don't think it's being handled well. Yeah. <laughs> what do you think? I mean, it's, it's, a, um, it's a very interesting situation. <laughs> um, and I don't really know what to say about it until we have more information like yeah we we still don't know why he's um he's in this situation like it, obviously it's some disciplinary action but we know we don't know what he did to you know warrant that we don't know you know what happened so i'm in, i'm kind of inclined to wait until we know more to say anything yeah. Um I, I here's my thing. Regardless of what happened, if we aren't going to play him mm-hmm. and if he doesn't want to be here, his contract expires at the end of this season. And uh someone else looked it up. I, I heard this off of Soapbox. It would only be like sixty thousand for us to just buy out his contract. Yeah. And I it it feels like we're we're trying to spite him by being like fine <laughs> you just can't go anywhere else then for the rest of the season but you can't play with us you know yeah. like if if we're dead set on moving on just buy him out and let him go we've already lost out on the chance to you know get a transfer fee for him mm-hmm. because of whatever happened which is <sighs> Poor management, 
<laughs> um, maybe some factors were out of their control, but yeah, it's it's been interesting. The rumors are flying. Yeah, and yeah, I, I, I at this point, like he's <laughs> he's not he's not on the he's not playing. He's just chilling on the bench, and you know if he's gonna keep doing. You know stuff like he he posted on his story. You know m might as well just buy him out, right? Like there's no sense in just keeping him there. But like I said, we don't know exactly what's going on. No one's really said anything about it. So um, yeah, I'm just concerned. We've had ownership issues in the past and management issues mm -hmm. in the past. And it just feels like deja vu where we have a young, homegrown standout and we are yet again messing it up. You yeah. Know? So, yeah, that has me a little bit worried, but it is what it is, I guess. Maybe we'll learn more later on, like you said. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Now... Now that that uh, doom and gloom stuff's out of the way, we're going to go to, uh, I think it's some better news. So, uh, the summer transfer window is open, as you all know. Oh, it's still open. It is till August 4th, I want to say. August wow. 8th. August 4th. Uh, if, if it ended on August 4th, that's a great day to end on. Yeah, maybe we'll make a big signing that day. Honestly, be amazing. Yeah. I would like that very much. Yep, so it is still open. Um, there are still possibilities for us to make a signing. We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, but as of now, we have made some big moves. Um, Everton Louise to SK Beverin. Mm-hmm. Uh, Joni Menendez, we sent out on loan to v Velez, Veliz. I don't know how to say that. Some, uh, yeah. It's a club in Argentina, I think. Uh, and then a little bit later on, we sent Chris Cablon back to SK Reverend. So here were my big takeaways. First off, the Everton Louise move is fantastic all right <laughs> he's regressed a ton he's not good enough for us to be playing i've been saying it all season that he's a liability and every time he goes in i just cringe um and on top of that he was one of he was like one of our highest paid players with a salary of around six hundred thousand. wow wow um, <laughs> So we're taking a player that we don't want to be playing that's getting paid a ton and moving them on. And then Joni Menendez uh, was also making about 600000 and also wasn't playing. So those are two players that were taking up a lot of our salary cap that were not, like, crucial pieces. So I think from that point of view, it makes sense. Um there's definitely still an argument that we didn't give Menendez a fair shake. Yeah. And I do kind of feel that way. 
but like the reality of it is that he wasn't in our plans and so if you're not going to play him you might as well move him so. yeah i th i think that's the best way to kind of look at it um i think you're totally right with everton at this point you know we weren't playing him um he wasn't like i don't think he was a, like an impactful sub off of the bench um and quite honestly i think you know his his time was done i mean he he he's, he was a really good player for for RSL during um you know his time here and i really i really liked him as a player um but yeah i think it's just time for you know them to move on from him um johnny menendez is a very interesting um story mostly because i just feel like he never really got into the game like he never he just never adjusted to mls um and i don't know if it was because the style of play in argentina where he came from was was just like so different or or what but i like i had i had high hopes for him like i i could see that he was um like that he had skill and you know maybe we just weren't using him in in the correct way uh, but for whatever reason he never adjusted to to mls and now he's gone so uh well he's not gone he's on loan but um yeah, yeah. It, it, it's it, that that was a very interesting uh situation to watch mm -hmm. yeah it was just kind of unfortunate because a lot of us were kind of like you know you can tell that he's a good player and i do think that it was just like the the combination of the way we wanted to play um mls um there was a lot of you know coaching turnover during his time here i don't think he ever really had a coach that uh saw what they wanted from him mm -hmm. or, or something you know but it just the fit wasn't right and so i think this is the right move for rsl and i think this is the right move for him as well um because we kind of his career a little bit and you know i i also want what's best for him so get him yeah. somewhere where he can play you know find his form and and see it's interesting because i i kind of view him like we expected him to be jefferson Savarino when we when we first got him um like I, to me, they're they're very similar players. Saverino, you know, is about five levels above him in terms of his actual productivity and skill. Um, but I think we kind of got him, hoping he would be that for us, and it just never materialized. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm. I mean, obviously, we don't get to watch training. Yeah. So who really knows what's going on there? Um. He also had a few injuries during his time here, so it was just, yeah, a lot of unfortunate stuff, and the reality of it is that it wasn't a good fit, and so mm -hmm. now he's off, and maybe someday in the future we'll bring him back. Who knows? <laughs> um, I thought, so the, the Chris Cablon move also is interesting. Mm -hmm. A lot of people were pretty unhappy with 
how that all played out. Um, I don't know. What did you, what do you think about the whole situation? So, I mean, we got to, um, see like a very, very little of Chris Cablan. Um, you know, I've kind of been an advocate for, we need a, we need another, um, wing back because we're, I mean, we, especially with Chris Cablan gone now, um, we're incredibly thin at wing back. We've got Tate Schmidt. That's it. That's, That's literally it. it. So, um, unless, you know, Pablo's kind of like, you know, they won't get injured. Herrera or Brody won't get injured. Or if they do get injured, we'll go to a three in the back system. I don't know. Um, but, you know, I've I've been advocating for an, another wing back, like, Honestly, when we were talking about, you know, who should we sign as a DP, I'm like, well, I don't think we should rule out a wing back because we are thin at that position. Um, so it is interesting that we opted not to extend the loan with uh, Cablan. Um, it, it must be, you know, I, I'm just assuming we don't have all of the pieces of information. Um and you know maybe maybe we're going to talk about this in a second but when we we kind of expected when they started freeing up all of this um salary cap that we were like oh they're they're going to sign someone they're going to sign someone that requires a lot of salary cap um yeah. f- you know cuz we're we're getting we're getting we're getting rid of that um so m- maybe that's in the works and that's why that happened i have no idea um but yeah that's that's kind of what i've been feeling from the beginning about about the wingback position yeah i so when we signed him it was so out of the blue and i think it was actually right after um herrera got injured as well Mm -hmm. i never really saw it as like uh an actual tryout for Kablan. I literally I think it was just you know, he's our sister club now. Oh yeah. Uh, Beverin is and so I saw it kind of like um you know how when we would play soccer kids could club pass mm-hmm. to yeah. other teams every once in a while. That's what it felt like to me. Where he wasn't really uh even being considered as a long-term option here it was mm-hmm. just like we need a wing back right now just for a little bit and then we're gonna send him back and maybe that was the plan all along maybe we did give him a fair shake and you know we didn't like what we saw in training because it is kind of weird that he didn't get any more minutes and my only thought there is that pablo just didn't think he was up to par mm-hmm. right i mean he yeah. played the majority of his minutes here with the monarchs who are mostly kids under the age of 18 it's <laughs> true Kablan is 27 so we were playing him with the teenagers i just it had to have been that that we didn't think he was good enough i guess um but that's pure speculation. 
who knows uh, yeah um kind of weird though i mean maybe it'll make sense maybe they will sign someone and we'll be like okay yeah, yeah. but we don't we don't know yeah so yeah the, these moves happened and we're freeing up over a million dollars and we're freeing up international slots right yes um and everyone was like oh this is it we're prepping for a big move and then it's just been silence this whole time we haven't heard anything from rsl uh the Quayar rumors were flying around like months ago and then we haven't heard anything in a long long time so who knows if that's even still a possibility who knows if we're even gonna make a signing in this uh window um i'll be a little sad if we don't to be honest but i'd rather us not make one than make a signing and have it be an absolute flop mm-hmm. so it's may- maybe maybe we sign luis suarez Oh my goodness. I you probably haven't seen cuz you've only heard what I've been telling you. Yeah. In the past 48 hours, he's been linked with literally half of the teams in MLS. I I well, I mean I read an article about it where it was like it was like LAFC is currently the front runners, but it's like five teams that are like are like chasing him and I'm like they all all they said was like it's not Inter Miami. He's like he's like he's not going to Inter Miami. I'm like oh, poor Inter yeah. Miami. But no, literally so many different clubs. First it was LAFC, then it was the Galaxy, then it was the Sounders because apparently he's friends with Nico Lodero. Oh. And then, and then the rumor was he's signing with a team that's currently outside the playoff line, <laughs> but fighting for a position. You know, and then. You know, a whole new group of teams were like, oh, maybe he's going here. Maybe he's... And I was just like, what is happening? <laughs> See, now, like, I'm, I'm all for, you know, players who are older are coming to the MLS. But if LAFC signs Luis Suarez, like, that has to be a violation of some rule. <laughs> like, there's no way you can have... Um, Carlos Vela, Gareth Bale, uh, Chiellini, and Suarez all on the same team. Like, there's yeah. there's no way that that can happen. Literally, all the memes are like, all right, so LAFC's second team is better than most MLS first teams. I'm Honestly. Like, right now, like, they are the man city of the MLS. Because, I mean, it would be one thing if they made all of these um signings like if they were you know like middle of the pack but it's the fact that they are um in first in first by like a wide margin i mean well let's see because i know austin is pretty close behind them so yeah they're at 45 points austin's at 41 next one's minnesota at 34 yeah so between any eastern conference teams are up there uh, Philadelphia and New York are at 31. Oh, sorry. Philadelphia is at 42. New York's NYC is at 41. So they're close. 
Okay, yeah, um, but still behind. Yeah. The supporter shield. So, it's the fact that they are, you know, in first. They got 14. They're in first in the supporter shield uh, rankings. They've only lost four times the entire year, and they're adding all of these big players. Yeah, it's insane. So, I would love for them to lose in the playoffs. I, yeah, no... See, if if they do this, they will forever be hated. As <laughs> no no one's going yeah. to like them. We'll put it that way. I mean, you kind of got that from Seattle, like, I mean, at least from RSL fans because they stole Albert Rusnak. Um, yeah. But if if LAFC does this, then they're they will be hated for all time. I mean, they're already pretty hated, so it's it's easy to hate them even more. <laughs> but yeah, it it seems pretty pretty um tough. I, I don't see Suarez going to LAFC. Um Yeah, I don't either. They my my only guess is they would buy down either Vela or Killini. Hmm. But Yeah, it's it's kinda fun to just watch the rumors fly. Yeah. Meanwhile, RSL does absolutely nothing. We're we're a turtle when it comes to this type of stuff. It's <laughs> it's like that meme where there's a guy poking it with the thing. He's like, "Come on, do something." Yeah. That's exactly. RSL. Yeah. All right. So, uh, next item of business. Um. So the MLS, I guess their free agent. Uh, the way they do free agents is somewhat new. Um, they're like requirements. You have to be over a certain age, I think, and you have to have been in the league for at least five years. Okay. But I guess that just means that, like, any team in the MLS can sign you. Uh, I, I don't know all the inner workings, but the point is that uh, people have been talking about like, oh, who are the biggest free agents that teams could sign this off season? Like Aaron Long is gonna be a free agent, Ooh. I guess. Interesting. And so like, he could go back to New York, or another team could try and offer him a better deal. Yada yada. But people are talking about it, and uh, so I looked up which RSL players are going to be free agents. And the two biggest ones, in my opinion, are Marcelo Silva and Nick Beasler. And I have very different feelings from those <laughs> two players. Uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, I think most people would agree, like, we should definitely try and re-sign Silva. And I would be happy if we let Beasler go. No offense to him. Yeah. Just, like, and we're going to talk about some of the games in just a little bit, but, like, the last few weeks have really exposed our lack of depth. Like, our depth just doesn't compare. You know, the, the best teams in MLS, LAFC, Seattle Sounders, NYCFC, like, 
they can have major injuries and still compete because their depth is mm-hmm. just like on another level and our depth like behind our starting 11 is just not up to par <laughs> well part of that reason is money because you know yeah money makes the world go around or whatever that that is but yes i i i agree with you um i think i i wouldn't be surprised if we you know before the end of the season extend marcelo silva's contract mm-hmm. um that's the thing is i don't know if we can oh you don't know if we can I think, I think that's part of the free agent rules is that we oh. can't extend him another contract until he until the season ends and then it's like everyone can offer him interesting so like we don't have i i i should have looked this up uh, nah, so if that's the case we definitely need him back because um first of all he's a starting he's the start, starting center back and he's been the captain for almost every game this season um yeah we have to be planning on re-signing him. We, we definitely have to. I would I, be shocked if he went anywhere else. I wouldn't be so concerned if, if I felt like there was someone to take his place. Um, Kappelhoff, I mean, he's, he's good. I don't think he's quite as... He's not at Marcelo Silva's level yet. And Jaziel, I think, is too young for us to be playing him right now. Yeah, I agree. So, and how can we forget Eric Holt? He's, <laughs> yeah. I've been, re- I have been reliably informed that he has the best feet on the team. He's the best player with his feet on the entire team. What? Where did you hear that? I was reliably informed, Josh. It doesn't matter. Oh, okay, you'll tell me. When we're not recording, okay. No, I'm pretty sure Dunny said something like that. Oh. He's like, or he's like, he's the best defender with his feet, and I'm like, are are you sure about that? Insert John Cena. Here. <laughs> oh but, man, it's just making me think about the Atlanta game. Yeah, did he play in the Atlanta game? He did. He started. That was. Did you not watch that game? I no, I watched that game. It's just been a while. It was it was Holt and Kapelhoff, right? Yeah, just watch the highlights. Like, uh, anyways, uh, we could talk about that in a second. Yeah, we're jumping ahead a little bit. Um, yeah, so those are two players to keep an eye on um, after the season ends. Mm-hmm. And uh, sorry, I'll, I'll say one more thing. I honestly think we let Beasler go, especially if we sign um, another midfielder, because we're i we're fine at at that point um i mean i i I think we still need another one because i mean if we let beasler go and we only have caldwell like i don't think we have anyone to replace oh we got diego luna i guess but it it depends it depends yeah it depends on what formation we play so i would like to have another defensive minded center mid if we can but um we we have plenty of options for that like we we still have all of our like three youth initiative slots still open mm-hmm. so we could even sign a young guy and yeah. keep him there like and 
and that's my thing with Beasler is like for a guy that's at the end of the bench he's okay yeah but I would rather our guy at the end of the bench cost less money first off and be like a young prospect that we are developing Beasler is not young anymore he has essentially reached his potential mm-hmm. right like and so he's taking up that spot and i it's not the end of the world but if we're serious about like competing year in and year out if we really want to improve then i think we need to move away from that and that spot will be for like a haziel orozco type player that's young mm-hmm. that we're excited about you know see so. what happened to all of the teenagers we signed during the off season, where where are those guys? They're playing for the monarchs. <laughs> yeah, but okay, you got to think that someone someone's got to be, you know, you know, who who's yeah. playing for the monarchs before we signed them? Like, are they not good enough? I don't know. I, I don't know. It's it's goofy. Um, but yeah. So the the last before we get to games, there's one more thing I want to talk about. Um. Cordova, he's on loan here for this season. Um, how do you think he's done so far, and do you think we bring him back next season, and do you want us to bring him back next season? So, um, Sergio Cordova is is an interesting case. He is a soccer player. He, he is, in fact, a soccer player. I, I saw um, the RSL Soapbox, or is either the RSL Soapbox or the RSL show post mm-hmm. a tweet. <laughs> post a tweet. Why did I say that? That they, 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 they tw- tweeted a post? They tweeted. No, they tweeted. They just said, <laughs> some would say Sergio Cordova's not that good, and that was it. That's all they posted. That's literally all they put. All yeah. <laughs> that was it. And I'm like, oh. Oh, my. So, wonder. Anyways. Oh. Um, I think we can both agree that Sergio Cordova is not a true nine. Um, here, here. He, he has, I think he has the potential to become one. I, I, but I don't think that's what he wants to be. I think he wants to be a false nine. Um, and, you know, do it, do whatever you want. Um, Which, he, uh, so, I'm just going to interject here. I yeah. think when we were playing with two strikers, Bobby Wood played that more true role and allowed Cordova to drop underneath. Mm-hmm. So I think you're right. Like, he was more comfortable when Bobby was up there with him. Yeah. Um, but anyways, continue. And so, I mean, if you look at our roster right now, we don't really have a true nine. I mean, um, Anderson Julio is definitely a false nine. Rubio Rabin, he tries to be a true nine, but he, he's not quite big enough to be a true nine. Um, so I, I Bobby Wood is is pretty much the only true nine we have on the roster, and with him being injured now, we've that's really come out. We like we've been able to see that more and more. Um, so, 
but I think we extend his loan. And this is e- even if we sign a um a nine like a, a like let's say we best case we sign a, a a nine designated player so like a true nine we sign him. Um, I still think we keep Sergio Cordova, and the reason for that is I still I think that Sergio Cordova is a better option off the bench than Rubio Rubin. And as long as he's better. As long as he's better than Rubio Rubin, I think he stays. Because Anderson Julio is not quite a replacement for a nine. He like if we if we really need to, we can play him as a wing. I, I believe we did so in the uh, um, the game that they just played. Like Cordova as a wing? No, uh, Julio. Or, yeah, yeah. I think Julio's a little more comfortable on the wing, anyways. So. As long as as long as Cordova is the third option, I think he stays. Um, like third options in terms of in terms of nines, so like we could get a a new like a designated player nine, and then have Bobby Wood, and then have Cordova, and he will stay. Because as long as we're playing with two strikers, we need you know as many strikers as we can on the bench, and that seems to be the way that Pablo wants to play. Well, yeah, that that is another question that comes up every time we talk about who we want to go get is we don't really know what posi- what uh, formation we want to play, and that kind of dictates how your roster looks. It's true. Uh, but I agree with everything you said. Um, I think we bring him back, and I'm okay with that as long as he's not, like, our number one option. Mm-hmm. I think it would be great to have him off the bench, let him develop a little bit more. I think people forget that he's only 24. I think he's pretty young. Um, and I, I mean, I've seen him improve. He has. Uh, yeah. Let's, let's give credit where credit is due. He, he has gotten a lot better and he's kind of fulfilled that role as well as he, he could as, as a true nine. Because he's yeah, the only true nine. He's the only one that could be a true nine on the roster. And he's being asked to do something that he is not great at, and there's a ton of pressure on his shoulders right now. Like mm-hmm. people are being really hard on him, and it is very frustrating. Um, but he kind of got thrown into the fire. Yeah. So, you know, like. Rubio Rubin should have been the guy to step up after Bobby Wood went down. And Rubin's just been a complete ghost. Mm-hmm. Like, we've played him, and he's just non-existent. He's not involved at all. Like, you forget he's on the field. And so it's like, all right, Cordova is the guy, I guess, because Rubin, I don't know what's going on with him, but now, see, I see, think that he might not be here much longer. Rubin, Rubin I think, is kind of a, a different... I, I don't know if you could rest all of that on Rubin's shoulders because we we had other problems as well. Like, we yeah, weren't involving no. Sovereigno enough in in the play. So, like, I, 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 I do think that Rubin has not been, like, when he has played, like, he hasn't been that good. But I don't think it's all his fault. Yeah, no, I don't. 
think it's all his fault either. I'm just surprised that that when Bobby Wood went down, Cordova was the guy that we turned mm-hmm. to instead of Rubio Rubin because Rubin had been here longer. You know, he started for us most of the last season. It was, it was just kind of weird. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, I mean, I don't, I'm not ready to give up on the Cordova experiment. Like, um, and obviously, this also depends on how much we're paying him. Yeah, right? obviously. Um, I think I would definitely prefer to be paying him less because <laughs> he's making a lot of money um, and he's not necessarily producing. So if if we can re-sign him to, you know, less money, yeah, I don't know how that'll go, but if he's playing reduced role, you know, Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, and that's that's the thing with contracts. You negotiate the salary up front, and you just you just it's kind of like whatever you get. <laughs> like you have to make assumptions based off of, you know, other things that you've you've seen. So like Johnny Menendez is a perfect example. We negotiated his salary up front, and we thought he was going to fill a role that we needed, and it turns out he just didn't. Right. So we were paying him all of this money to um to do something that we thought he was going to do and he just didn't do it mm-hmm. and since it, he was in the contract it was in the contract we had to pay him yeah but, but yeah but but it it is something to keep an eye on because that'll be a decision that we'll be making sooner rather than later i i still think we we should be looking for a, a number nine um I, I saw someone tweet they said um he's like i've decided that sergio cordova is just devin sandoval 2.0 and i said first of all don't you ever speak his name so, <laughs> second of all he's not devin sandoval 2.0 i mean at least he doesn't trip over his own feet yeah. Um like he's much more skilled yeah. than Devin Sandoval. He's just skilled in like all the wrong areas. He he doesn't like he he honestly like physically we're talking about Sergio Cordova's physique. He he would be a great number 9. Like he's tall and he's strong and he would he but that's not the way that he it's not the way he thinks. He, yeah, it's not it's, the way it's he thinks. Mentality, the way he sees the game and processes it. He's not hungry for goals. Yeah. He doesn't and have the striker instinct. Better, but, but yeah, it's oh boy, we could talk about that forever. Mm-hmm. And I'll probably we'll probably talk a little bit more about it when we uh, briefly mention some of the games. So, yes. <laughs> Let's uh, let's move on. We're going to breeze through some of the games that happened quite a while ago. So we did play against Colorado. It was a home game. Uh, we were head to nothing, and then we let them come back and tie it right at the very end. Um, and, yeah, that's pretty much all we'll say about that. It was disappointing to not come away with the win. We kept the Rocky Mountain Cup, though. That's that's the yeah, most that important thing. Posting, 
we won the Rocky Mountain Cup. And I'm like, but we didn't win. <laughs> we just we retained it. <laughs> we retained it. Like, why are you saying we won it? <laughs> uh, because when there's yeah. nothing to celebrate, you have to celebrate the little things. <laughs> yeah. So that happened. Uh, and then we played Atlanta midweek. And uh, we were all expecting heavy rotation mm-hmm. and subsequently we were expecting to lose <laughs> or at least i was yeah um, we did put out a very rotated roster um some of the young players actually played pretty well i thought schmidt had a good game um and shout out to my boy kappelhoff who scored his first ever mls goal yeah <laughs> that that was that was really good um so it was a great header it, it, it was it was a great goal i think i think i personally think that diego luna diego luna started that game and yeah he he struggled um which i mean you can kind of expect that that was really his first like significant try in mls and so there's going to yeah. be an adjustment period um Honestly, the biggest thing that I noticed, and I think this is this is my biggest takeaway from the Atlanta game, is that Jasper Lawfulson needs to be on the field as much as we can have him. Um, yeah. Because, <laughs> like, we put him on at half, and it was a totally different half. Like, he he just brings in energy to the field. He just... He just runs. That's 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 what he does. He just runs. And his energy is contagious and the entire team plays better when he's on the field. Yeah, I love me some Jasper. Ooh. <laughs> yeah, so uh the only other thing that I'm gonna say about that game is that uh Eric, we started Kappelhoff and Eric Holt. And, um, yeah, we just really missed Justin Glad in that one. I think mm-hmm. Kapelhoff is a good center back, but both him and Eric Holt, they're both kind of slow. Slow pokes. So Atlanta was able to get in behind way too easily. And it's just like, that's also the issue we had when we started um, Kapelhoff and Silva. Um, they're both lower like they're more of a stopper than a sweeper center back glad is the one that makes recovery runs mm-hmm. and cleans up if someone gets past silva and like silva and kabelhoff they both don't have that in their arsenal and so not a great pairing um but yeah in, in that atlanta game holt had a rough one and kabelhoff was okay i guess uh, he did get burned a few times. He also had some good stops. Mm-hmm. Uh, he scored the goal. I, I just bring that up because I saw a lot of people, like, really hating on Kappelhoff yeah. for some reason. And I didn't think he played that poorly. I thought it was more the pairing than his uh, personal performance. Yeah. Um, but anyways... We, we can move on now. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah. 
the only good news in this string of games, uh, we played SKC and we won three zero. Yes. So we we did change formation in this one. Um, we played Saverino centrally. Uh, technically, he wasn't a striker. Technically, he wasn't playing as a ten. He was kind of in between. I thought, well, both me and you thought it played like a four-two-three. Four-two-three-one, yeah. Yeah, um, and it made all the difference. Like we looked really dangerous in that game. And and see, we kind of alluded to this before. Um, Savarino, like one of the big problems was that Savarino was so isolated on the wing. Um, and I know he likes to play on the wing. But um, until we have someone who can kind of fulfill that number 10 role, I think that he will have to fulfill that role. Um, yeah. <laughs> because, I mean, yeah, he was just way more involved when we, when we played him as the 10. Um, and they got a lot better productivity from him. He, he also played the 10 in the Dallas game, which we will get to in a second. And um, like, they 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 were able to possess the ball and create a lot more chances with him as a ten. Yeah, yeah. So so both those games obviously different results, but both those games we looked much much more dangerous and we created a lot of chances in mm-hmm. both games, and it had to have been that change, moving Saverino centrally. That was what made everything click, I think. Um, but yeah, going back to the SKC game, uh, I gotta t- I gotta bring up the red card because oh, Espinosa sucks. Uh, I feel like he got a red card against us last season too. Probably, but he just gets a lot of red cards in general, and then every time he's just like there's no way and i'm like dude (laughs) did you watch the replay (laughs) yeah like does he actually believe it when he's arguing that it isn't a red card or does he just argue for the sake of arguing like i don't understand and why would he even jump into a tackle like that in the first place i was worried that lothelson was really hurt nah Um, he's he's young he's made of rubber yeah uh so that was interesting. Uh, I, yeah, nothing else to say about Espinoza. Yeah. Um, also, shout out to Ruiz in this game. Scored he a goal. A shot. He took a he shot. On, he kept it on the ground. Dax. See, hey, Ford. <laughs> we need we need to give credit to Ruiz. His shots have been so much better. They have been. He's been doing better. Now, he, he may need to, you know, just take a second to not shoot off, like, not go for goal off of free kicks every single time. Definitely agreed. But he he has been able to keep his shots on frame, and that is really good from him. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's been playing really well lately, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and th- the last thing that we... We've been talking a lot about Cordova, and he has been taking a lot of heat from 
the media, from fans, and you can tell he's feeling the pressure. Um, so when he scored his goal against SKC, <laughs> uh, his celebration, I thought, was a little interesting. <laughs> it's a home game. He takes his shirt off. He flips it around. He holds up his jersey with his name facing the crowd. And he holds it up. He shakes it. And then he, like, holds his hand up to his ear like, I can't hear you. <laughs> so. Um, how did you interpret that? It was odd. Um, very, yeah. And, and I don't know. Maybe he... I, I, I'm gonna I, I'm an optimist so I'm going to assume what he meant was I liked like yes cheer for me like there's no way and, 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 and as opposed to saying like huh what was that I can't hear you because I'm so good and you guys are being mean to me <laughs> um it was definitely the second one <laughs> yeah I, I think that he has been seeing everyone's um, strong opinions about how they don't think he's doing good enough and when he scored that goal I think he let him know that hey I've been hearing what you're saying and guess what I just scored a goal so <laughs> I did it <laughs> yeah yeah a little a little interesting I, I thought the facial expression also said it all um, but yeah that, that was the SKC game it was mm -hmm. a fun one uh, we haven't had many of those lately, so mm, yes. I enjoyed it. Um, a very quick mention that Savarino made Team of the Week after that SKC game. Very deserved. Uh, a goal and an assist from him. So, shout out to him. And then, here we are. We're finally caught up. Uh, we played FC Dallas this weekend. Uh, we lost, but... We looked very dangerous, and we created a lot of chances. So there are pros and cons. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, I mean, honestly, FC Dallas just has, I think they have a lot, they have the offensive weapons to be a very good counterattack team. Um, and that's kind of what you saw in this, the this this last game um their their goal kind of came from a defensive lapse um in the rso back line um yeah and a turnover yeah it, it just not not the best moment from rsl um but they they quickly they were able to turn it around um i think it's important to note that rsl had 70 percent possession that game um and if you look at the 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 stat breakdown by half, they had sixty percent possession in the first half, which means they had eighty percent possession in the second half. Oh yeah, which it, yeah, it was hilarious. Okay, it wasn't hilarious. I was actually very upset while I was watching the game. Um, so I have on good authority, and by that I mean a FC Dallas fan online. Um, they said that by the end of the game, FC Dallas had six defenders in the game. My gosh. 
six defenders. Now, part of that is that Ariola went out with an injury, and then a second player went out with an injury. But both of those substitutions were uh, defenders <laughs> that they put in. So they bunkered hard. I don't think I've ever seen a team bunker that hard. Yes. And, uh, it was so frustrating because you you can just watch us and you can see that like we literally have one plan on offense and that's to get it wide and then send in a cross and then when that doesn't work like everyone is just kind of like uh, what do we do okay so what do we do now mm-hmm. <laughs> and so like that entire second half we would kind of like dink it around and people would kind of be like you you could tell from body language that our entire team doesn't really know how we're going to go about this. And then we'd be like, all right, well, we'll send in another cross and it wouldn't work. And we'd, we'd be like, ah, oh, okay. Uh. Yeah. So frustrating to watch. Yes. And it's, it was interesting because like Jesus Fedeta was still going, like he was trying to score, but his entire team was not. So he would get like a counterattack opportunity, and he'd be the only one that was that was going. And yeah, it was like just one v five. They're like they're like you got it, you got it, Jesus. <laughs> like go go ahead. Um, but RSL put up twenty five shots in that game. That's that's an insane number of shots. Um, yep. and not enough on target. There are only five on target, which is interesting. Um, which yeah. also brings into the de- <laughs> the the looming fact that we don't have a true number nine has entered yeah. the chat, and that we still can't score, mm-hmm. especially especially when teams um, go all defensive like that. Yeah. We can't break teams down. Um, yeah. So we need a plan B on offense. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's true, and and I think we can get into like discussing actual player performances in a second. Um, but one thing before we do that, um, I don't know if you noticed, but FC Dallas on the cor- on corner kicks was doing the whole line lineup, like they would they would line up in a line, mm-hmm. and that like I'm fairly certain that both Atlanta and I know for a fact Atlanta did it, and then also KC was doing it as well, or maybe it was Colorado. But do you think that coaches have maybe seen something, and they're like, "Hey, we can we can really mess with RSL with this this lineup," or do you think it's just coincidence? Uh, it could be either. I did notice that um, Dallas did that, but I didn't remember the other teams doing that. So I guess uh, if they do it next week too, then maybe you're onto something. <laughs> I, I just I just remember multiple teams have tried to do that, and um, yeah. you know I I hate the line thing. I think it's so dumb. I think it's I think it's kind of a cheap move. And be- everyone's shoving each other uh-huh. and. It's like you're just trying to create problems with it. Yeah, well, I don't, I don't think know. it's cheap. Like, it's a 
a, a good idea. I mean, you want to create problems for the defense when you're trying yeah, to score. But I, I'm not saying they're trying. They're creating, like, marking problems. I'm saying they're creating, like, shoving problems. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, like, there was one corner kick where it took, like, 20 minutes. Uh-huh. Every, uh, actually, one of the FC Dallas players was pushing his teammate into Justin Glass. Uh-huh. And, and his teammate was, like, ah, like, arms out, like, I can't help it. I'm just getting shoved into Glad, and I was just like, "What is this shenanigans?" It's it's almost like, what do you want teams to do about that? Because like defenders are gonna get in there and try and defend, and meanwhile the 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 offensive players are like, "Hey, you can't do that. Like you're just you're shoving me now." And it, I think it's just a recipe for disaster, and I don't like it when other teams do it. I don't. Yeah. I wouldn't like it if RSL did it, but that's fair. Yeah, but I, we are kind of bad defending set pieces. It's true. If I remember right. Like, I, I think a lot of the goals that have been scored on us have been um, set pieces. It's so. true. Yeah, you might be onto something. Maybe that's something that teams have scouted about us, and they're like, this is how you score on them. I guess. But, uh, yeah, it... It was a game. Um, do we want to talk about player performances now? Yes. Um, so I personally think that Aaron Herrera had a phenomenal game. Yes, and Brody too. They Both yes. They and I th- I think that the Brody Miram partnership is a little underrated. Um. But, uh, th- like, that partnership was really well. Like, Brody was able to get wide and send in some really good crosses. He almost scored. He, in fact, he should have scored. Yeah, and it was really a good header, uh-huh. to be honest. But wh- whoever was defending on that left side, um, Aaron Herrera, like, had him in his back pocket the entire game. Like, uh, and, and you know, the way that we play with wingbacks now, just generally, um, the wingbacks actually match up a lot of the time. He he had him in his pocket on defense, and he had him in his pocket on offense. Like, it, he he was so far deep into his cookie jar <laughs> that he was he just took out cookies one by one and just ate them right in front of him. That is one that I've never heard before, so thank you for that. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, he had a great game. Too bad we couldn't get one of his crosses in for a goal. <laughs> and, like, I mean, his his footwork was really good. His crosses were really good. Like, it was great game yeah. from Aaron Herrera. Agreed. So... I actually thought that Cordova had a pretty good game. I agree with that. And um, not a great game. <laughs> uh, that shot right at the very end that he just absolutely skied. Yep. That was tough to watch. Um, and he knew it after he did it. He laid down and put his head on the ground and all that. Um, but I think that uh, 
he wanted a goal more than anyone on the field, including the FC Dallas players. And he was more active than I've ever seen him um, on offense and on defense. Uh, there were a few times where he, like, tracked all the way back into the midfield and, like, won the ball from a Dallas player from mm-hmm. behind. That's true. Um, and that was really good to see. Uh, he did have the one header that he put on frame kind of right at the keeper. But, hey, at least he got on to the end of it. Yep. Um, yeah, I mean... His movement in the box could still be a little bit better, but I saw improvements uh, in a lot of areas, and I thought it was it was it was good to see. It was nice. So I agree with you on everything except that he was the player that most wanted a goal. I think that we have to give that to Jefferson Savarino. Um, and see, for me, Savarino has the 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 striker instinct. Like he wants yeah. to score, and he's he's in like good positions. The the, the KC game, he he scored off of a header, and the dude's like four seven or however however tall he is. Mm-hmm. Um, he he just has that instinct. Um. And I think that he was, like, you, you could see it that he wanted to score. He wanted to help this team, you know, to win this game. Uh, Cordova still really wanted to, to score a goal, and, like, he, he still had a really good game. Um, but I think Sovereigno wanted it just a little bit more. I think, I think we can throw Justin Miram in that conversation as well. He was yeah, just... Yeah, wanted it too. He was a little, he was a little frustrated. Yeah. Savarino, he always has that fire. He brings mm-hmm. it every game. Um, that, like, competitiveness, that fire, like, he wants to win so bad, you know? Yep. Um, yeah. I'll, I'll let you have that one. Sure. We'll give it to Savarino. <laughs> Man of the match, Savarino. Yeah. That header... So unlucky. I don't know how that didn't go in. That was honestly, yeah that that happens like you know, nine times out of ten, that yeah, goes in. That goes in. Yeah. Um, and I don't know if you saw afterwards, but he got like kicked in the face, and there was just like a big long red scrape like all down his, his like the left side of his face and like onto his chest. Like he really went for that goal, but see, that's the instinct. That's the the striker instinct that he has. Like he's like, oh, I'm gonna you know put my body on the line to score this goal. Should he have gone for a header? I don't know, but he did it, and he almost yeah. scored because of it. Yeah. Well trying to think i don't think i have anything else to say about the game so tough one and on to the next i guess you know yeah one thing i will say is i've been very impressed with our service from the back line and it's been mostly justin glad um silva 
does it every once in a while, but Glad's service has been on point. Um, he he's able to he's very good at switching the ball. Um, they're they're always like right to where they need to go. And honestly, it might be good to have someone like Eric Holt in there because I've been reliably informed that he is the best defender with his feet. Um, have him in there to also be able to do that. Um, he is a good passer. He Eric yes Holt is a very good passer. He um, yeah he and that's where he would shine, especially in like a three back formation. Um. But yeah, is that that was just something that impressed me. Yeah. Yeah, I think Glad's always been good at that, but we only get to see flashes in games where we really dominate possession. That's true. Like when most of the games this season we have not possessed, and so Glad doesn't really have the opportunity to, you know, go forward and make those passes. But this game we were so far up the field and, yeah. That's true. Completely dominant in every way except for the one which mattered (laughs) (laughs) i i I was reading the power rankings um just a little bit ago Uh, it says we generated like 2.1 expected goals which i mean really good problem is they didn't get one so that's an issue but you know stat wise rsl won the game it's just a shame that that doesn't translate to points in any way. Yeah. Um, and I guess this is as good a time to talk about it as any. Um, all of a sudden, RSL is in trouble of not making the playoffs. Um, yeah, with how tight the West is. Yeah, so RSL is currently in fourth. Uh, they dropped... Um, after last week, Minnesota is now on top of them. They're at 33 points. Um, uh, spots four through eight are all within three points of each other. Fourth, yeah, four through eight. Um, so one bad week and RSL could be out of the playoffs. Yeah. Honestly, it's a miracle. We're still up in fourth. It's true. As we've had a few bad weeks in a row, but the teams below us have also not performed. We could have been leapfrogged mm-hmm. three weeks ago, you know. So, um, I I saw an article, I read an article from the RSL Soapbox. Mm-hmm. Um, and they said that, on average, a team needs a, around 51 points to make it into the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Um... And, you know, we, we've talked at length about how good RSL started the season. And that put them on, you know, above where they should have been at that season. They, so what they did to estimate where where they should be at any given point during the season um, to get to 51 is they, they said any home game, RSL wins. So give them three points. And any away game, RSL loses. So zero points. Um RSL has now caught up with where they should be at this point. So any advantage that they had from um, from how good they started the season is statistically gone at this point. 
So and you're entering a, a tough August schedule. Yes. Against some of the, the, the best teams in the West right now. Mm-hmm. LAFC and Seattle in the month of August, right? <laughs> you, you still think Seattle's a good team? Yeah. Yes, I do. Uh, I hate to admit it. Last week's power rankings, the the thing for Seattle was just like, Seattle will make it to the playoffs, right? Right? With like three question marks. Yeah, it's hard to doubt them. Yeah. But it's just something to watch out for. Um, because... Um, yeah, the the West is incredibly tight. Um, there are gonna be good teams that don't make the playoffs. It's not that whoever doesn't make the playoffs was a bad team. No, there are gonna be good teams who don't make the playoffs. So hopefully RSL can get their crap together and you know get the easy wins. Yeah, it's crunch time. Crunch time. Which, yep. you know, we don't have Demir to save us this season. <laughs> Not yet, at least. Not yet. Some people are still hopeful that he'll be back for the very end. And we, will see. <laughs> we will see. That would be amazing if he comes back and we have another Demiracle situation. Demiracle 2.0. To knock out Seattle. Oh, man, no. Oh, yeah, Seattle. I was going to say LAFC, but that's, like, impossible at this point. <laughs> yeah, they may have already qualified for the playoffs. We don't know. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so that transitions well to our preview for the next match. Uh, it is a home game against San Jose this Saturday. Um, really important game, like we just talked about, and San Jose is kind of down there. They're below the playoff line. They are second to last. They're, yeah, so we kind of need to win. Yeah. They're right above Sporting KC, who leads the West in both matches played and goals against. Dang. Oh, just kidding. No, San Jose has more goals against. Ah. They lead the, the West in goal differential. The absolute value of goal differential. If you multiplied their goal differential by negative one, they would lead the West in goal differential. Man, talk about a team that can't score. <laughs> we have struggled so much, and we have 28 goals on the season. SKC has 19. Yeah, that's, that's not great, guys. Oh, my goodness. Anyways, we can make fun of Sporting KC later. <laughs> San I love Ho- hating on Sporting KC. <laughs> I mean, they were like an interconference rival until they sucked. Uh, they're still our rival. The oh, okay. Sorry, sorry. Reignited everything, Dax. I guess that's a touchy subject. <laughs> yes. Don't even. You can't question that rivalry. It'll be forever for me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Philadelphia has 15 goals against on the season right now. Yeah, they've only lost twice. Their defense is rock solid. Their defense is rock solid. They're the Nashville of this season. Crazy. Anyways, San Jose, 
like a laser on San Jose. <laughs> yeah, I'm expecting the same starting lineup. Although, at some point, we have to give Justin Miram a break, right? Because at the end of last game, he looked really tired. <laughs> like, really tired. So, that begs the question, who do we put in for Justin Miram? Because we just sold... Julio. Uh, oh, Okay. All right. I jumped the gun, but I have my answer ready. <laughs> you didn't even let me finish. We just sold. We just sent out on our on loan our next option. I would think. Um, yeah. But I guess Julio can do it. Um, well, we started Julio um, on the wing there against Atlanta, and then he pulled up with an injury in like the sixth minute. Remember? You're right. Yeah, I remember that. Um, so at some point, I would expect us to do that again because old man Miram needs some rest. We could go Tate Schmidt. Could yeah. mix it up a little bit. That's a, an interesting possibility. Um, um, yeah, we'll see. We'll see. Or or we start Diego Luna and shift uh, Savarino to the right, chain to the left. Ooh, interesting. Um, but yeah, big, big plays. I'm I'm feeling optimistic about this one, Dax. I I think we'll not only create the chances, but we'll finish this time. It's it's a very winnable game. Um. If here here's my prediction. If Cade Cowell is on the same side as Aaron Herrera, and he stays there, it's game over. If he's not on the same side. Then we then it's a different story. Yeah. If he right. switches, that's just good coaching. There you go. Should be a fun one to watch. It should be a fun one. So predictions, real quick. What what do you predict the score to be? Ooh, I'm gonna go with four zero. RSL? Yeah. Sheesh. I think we break it. I think we break it wide open. You you're it's it's all of the goals held over from last game. Yeah. I think we're going to be as creative, but we're going to finish. Like 20 another 25 shots, I think we get four goals. You think and, we put up 25 and, shots? Well, you did also just see that San Jose's given up the most goals of any MLS team this season. This is true, but San Jose has been kind of on a, a streak lately. Maybe not. Maybe I'm lying. No, they've been doing a little bit better since they fired their coach. They beat the Galaxy. Yeah, they're not like tearing it up, but yeah. they look like a team. <laughs> they look like a team now. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so that that's that's a prediction. Um, I predict... I predict 2-0 RSL. Probably more realistic, but less fun. It, it is less fun. Choose treachery. It's more fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. All right. Well, I think that's about it. This will be a very long episode. We better it's wrap it up. Not our longest episode, though. Really? Could be longer. Let me check on that. Actually, it may be our longest episode. You check right now while we prolong this episode even longer. I see what you're doing. 
It, it, it will be our longest episode yet. Knew it. And also our loudest. Had a feeling. <laughs> yeah. All right. We are long-winded and loud, and uh, that is all. We'll That's all, folks. <laughs> yeah, see you next time. <laughs>